Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. Whether you're online or whether you're in the room here with us, can we just lift up holy hands for a moment? So the Bible says, lift up holy hands without wrath and disputing got no arguments we've got no aggression in our hearts we just want to lift up holy hands and say Lord we surrender to you your will be done we give our lives over to you afresh you are in control we make that our confession the earth is the Lord's and everything in it nothing surprises you nothing is outside of your reach nothing is outside of your jurisdiction or rule or reign So we pray for your kingdom to come even now in the word, Lord. Let your kingdom come in our homes where we are. Let your kingdom come. People watching online, people in this room here in Cambridge, let your kingdom come. Your will be done. We make our confession. Jesus Christ, you are Lord. Amen and amen. Amen. Please take your seats. We do particularly want to welcome everyone who is joining us online, whether that with YouTube or Facebook or they're coming to our 2.30 service, we are really pleased to have you here with us. We are not continuing with our, our normal series. We are pausing on the series that we're in. Elspeth Darley was meant to be sharing this week. She'll be picking that message up later on in the month. And we'll continue our series that we're on, Love, Sex and Relationships, next week with our our guest speaker, Jeff Lucas. Jeff Lucas is in the country. Um, He can't get back to America, but he will be here with us next uh, next Sunday. Whether that's online or whether that's in the room, he's here with us. And so today, I want to bring a stand-alone message that's in context of where we are at currently as a nation and across the world. But I want to start by praying, and I want us all to pray. And I'm going to pray a certain prayer that is very well known. And I'd encourage you, I've been praying this prayer a lot this week, maybe more than I would normally. It's called the Lord's Prayer. And in case you didn't know, if we get it right, it's about 20 seconds long. So let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And that's what we'll do in everything we do. We'll be sensible, but we'll invoke the presence of God with prayer, And we'll remember it's all about the kingdom of God ultimately. Because it's his kingdom come, his will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. And everything we do here at C3, we will keep God central, we'll keep the kingdom first, we'll be people-centered, Christ-centered, but we will do whatever measures we need to do that are sensible. And that's what we're going to share on today, essentially. It's been said that in the Bible, there are 365 fear nots. That's the title of what I've given my message today, 365 fear nots. We usually uh, add, that's one for every day of the year. And that's a nice thought, isn't it? A comforting thought. I hope there might be 366 because we're in a, a leap year. Let's hope. Well, someone wants to define leadership as the ability to disappoint people at a rate they can cope with. So I'm going to disappoint you. From my research, there aren't 365 fear knots. In reality, there are a few more. Well, let's be precise. More than 366 times, the Bible in one form or another, so not directly with a fear knot, but with that sentiment, with that message, one way or the other, you can find it virtually on every page of the Bible. Don't be afraid, fear not. So there are a lot more verses than 366 that just don't all start with fear not, but they amount to the same message. And what I want to do this morning in our time here, and those of you watching online, if you're watching online later in the day as well, is to read some of those scriptures. You can, you can, you can Google this. Google um, fear not or Google uh, not afraid from the Bible. And what you will find is there's a number of reading plans that come up with 31 fear nots or 31 do not be afraid. It's one for every day of the month. You can just find that. And I, here's my recommendation to us. Read one of those every single day of the month. I've got a confession to make. This week, I have looked at more media stuff, news, than I have Bible. Anybody else? It would probably have done me more good, to be honest, if I'd have just changed the ratio and read more Bible than I had news feeds. They're coming up even as I speak. I should have turned my Wi-Fi off. Even as I speak, alerts telling me information. Also coming up are some texts from people across the globe who say we're watching online, we're watching in Edinburgh, we're watching overseas, and we're part of what you're doing today. So thank you for that as well. But it is disturbing me as I'm looking at my notes here. <laughs> but I think we should read our Bible more in these times than we should watch the news. Now, don't get me wrong, we've got to keep up to date. We've got to know what's going on out there. But we don't have to make the Bible relevant for 21st century. It is always relevant. This is the eternal Word of God. This is what the Bible says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Do you know that verse? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It's the same with fear. Fear comes by hearing, but not the Word of God. Fear comes by hearing the negative 
horrendous reports that are constantly out there, which may well be accurate. I'm not pretending or saying this that we stick our heads in the sand and ignore. But I'm saying let's keep coming back to the Word of God. I need to keep up to date with what's going on, but I need to stay relevant by hearing God's Word. So let me read. I've got 31. I can't read all 31 to you. I'd like to. I'm just going to randomly choose. So it might be different in every service. Here's the first one. This one actually is in your version notes and it's on the screen behind me. This is a great one to repeat every day. Isaiah 41 verse 10. So, do not fear for I am with you. This is the Lord speaking. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Did I hear an amen? amen. Psalm 56 verse 3. When I am afraid... I put my trust in you. Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything. That sounds a lot like do not be afraid, doesn't it? Do not be anxious about everything. But in every, everyone say every, situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. This is the eternal word of God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts, hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Did you hear that? It, 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 it's above understanding. You can't transcend it somehow by keeping our minds set on God and on Christ. It guards our hearts and we get a peace that's beyond natural and normal. That's the Word of God. Let's choose some others. Uh, Luke 12, 22, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or about your body, what you will wear. Life is more than food and the body more than toilet rolls. Consider, oh sorry, no, the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens, they do not sow or reap, they have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Oh, oh they're, they're beautiful. Just look them up. Just, and then just sit down and read them. I'm going to read one more. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord... He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but, I, but it will not come near you, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Because he loves you, says the Lord, I will rescue him, I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me and I will answer with him. I will be with him in trouble. Did you hear that? doesn't say he's going to deliver us out of all troubles. He will be with us in trouble and I will deliver him and honor him. Now none of this is to cause us to dig our hand, heads in the sand and ignore what is happening concerning the coronavirus pandemic. pandemic. None of this is to cause us to pull away from the world and pretend it's not happening. 
And this is to tell us in the midst of the world, with all that is going on, we have a promise from God that He is with us and we do not need to fear. Did you hear me? Now, just so as you know what I'm saying, it does not mean that we should not wash our hands on a regular basis. We should. It does not mean that if you're sick with a fever or a cough that's continuous that you shouldn't stay at home for seven days and self-isolate. You should. It doesn't mean if you're vulnerable and we have a number in the church here who are elderly or have underlying health conditions that you shouldn't stay away from particular contexts. You should. We should do all of that. Are you with me? But we should do it whilst fearing not. Now, a number of those scriptures say it in, in this way, and this is what I want us to be aware of in these next weeks and months, whoever knows how long. A number of those fear not scriptures that we could read tell us very clearly that the antidote to the fear is the presence of God. Hello? So that first one we read, fear not. Why not, why not fear? Because I am with you. What about Psalm 23? It may be read a lot in these next few months across different places. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not fear. Why? Because he's with us. His rod and his staff, they comfort us. The presence of God is the answer to fear, fear not, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Come on, guys. We believe this. We don't just believe this when things are going well. We don't just believe this when we're on the mountaintop. We believe this in every season of life. We believe this in death. We believe it. We're not Sunday Christians that is just something that gets us through every week. We believe this every single day of the week, don't we? That's what we've been about. That's what we're here. Fear not, for I am with you. I think this is a time for us as a church, for our world, to practice what we believe in another dimension. Or let me put it like this. There's a phrase that's been used down the centuries now, that's called practicing the presence of God. It's not a biblical um, phrase that, you won't find it. It originated, I think, my understanding with a, a 17th century monk called Brother Lawrence, who wrote a book called Practicing the Presence of God. And his, his, his goal, he, he, he was a, a, apparently quite, a, um, he was poor, he his main job was washing dishes and serving food. And he wanted to see that if in the mundanity of life he could make a conscious awareness of God's presence with him. And so he wrote about that and, and how he, he did. This is one thing he said. He said, keeping mind his holy presence and recalling it as often as I could so as his presence wouldn't wander from him. He wrote this, Lord of all pots and pans and things, make me a saint by getting meals and washing up the plates. I like that. He tried to develop in his life a conscious awareness of God's presence. As I say, it's not a biblical phrase, but it's a biblical theme. Remember what Jesus said? He said this in John 4, 15, Abide in me, 
and I in you. As the branch cannot bear much fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide with me. Practicing the presence of God is abiding in him. What about this one, Romans, 5, 8 and, uh, Romans 8, verse 5 and 6? Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. And so we, so we could go on about walking or keeping in step with the Spirit, rejoicing always, praying continually, giving thanks in all circumstances, pressing on, remembering God's faithfulness and provision. This intentional integration of an awareness God's presence is with us. Are you with me? I think we need to practice the presence this week. You see, you, you have been created to multitask. Oh, yes, you have. That's in our spiritual DNA that we can wash our hands and pray. I'm doing two things. You can sit on a computer screen, screen and have a God consciousness. Yes, you can. You can be watching the television and the news and at the same time conjure up within you, in your mind, God is with me. God is near. I can pray. That's what it means to pray without ceasing. It can't just be that we're in prayer meetings all the time. God deliver us. Though we should have prayer meetings. i say that right. It's that we can be, it's, a, it's what Jeremiah talked about, a pots and pans holiness. It's holy unto the Lord whilst you make dinner. What makes it holy is who you are and where he is. And he draws near. This is a Bible verse we should learn and know. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Turn the affection of your heart. Turn the attention of your mind. And can I say to this to us as well, church, Christians, let's be bold. Our world is running scared. Do, this isn't a time for us to be mealy-mouthed. We can bring the presence of God to people with a prayer. We can, no, we can't lay a hand on them. We can just stand at a distance and say, we can't lay hands on you at this moment, but can we pray for you? Can we pray for you and be bold in that, this intentional integration of being aware of God's presence deals with fear. I remember many years ago with our youngest daughter, Megan. She's 22 now, but at that time, she, this time in the story of my mind, she was four, maybe five. And we had the privilege of, of taking a wedding in a stately home in Devon. And we were able to stay in a stately home. And then the next day, it was going to be the chapel taken over and I was going to take the service. But this stately home, it wasn't in the best condition. It was pretty run down and it creaked at night. You can imagine the kind of, the wind was coming through the sash windows. It, it, it just felt a little bit eerie. And we were in this huge room, and the other children were in another room, and Megan was in the same room with us, but at the far end. And I remember we'd gone to sleep, and I woke up, kind of an awareness something was different. And I woke up, and Megan, four years of age, was standing right in front of me, in pitch dark, with a face there, and I, I could see her, obviously, as my eyes adjusted, and I jumped. And she said, Dad, Dad, I want a wee. <laughs> and I said, okay, Meg, the toilet's just out the door, down the corridor, 
on the right-hand side. So I heard her little footsteps walking away. And then I heard the door handle open, the door handle and the door opened, and then I heard the door shut, and then I heard, and she came back round, with her face right in front of me again, she said, I need someone to go with me, I'm scared. And it was one of those moments I thought, I understand that. I understand that, she was scared, she wants someone to go with her. So of course, did what only is the right thing to do, I banged down and said, you, <laughs> you, you, your daughter wants the toilet, Ange. And uh, they went to the loo. <laughs> and then I woke up a bit later, neither the loo gave Ange a knock and said, I need to go to the loo, will you come with me? <laughs> the point is this, we want someone with us when we're going through something that's scary. Walking down a corridor we've not walked down before. In a dark place we've not been before. Want someone with us. He's always with us. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. My sister this morning sent me um, one of these, I don't know what they call them, Facebook um, stories, you know, where it takes different pictures from the last few years of different events that you might have done together. Uh, my sister looks after my mum in, in a, a nursing home. She goes in every day, she feeds her at lunchtime, she feeds her in the evening because she can't rest and settle because the staff do their very best but they can't, they just can't feed my mum, my mum can't feed herself. And so she sent me this, so this week, they're not allowed in, they've been banned from going in because the elderly home don't want to allow people in to be present, understandably, with the, the vulnerable people that are in there. So my sister, that, that might not sound much to us, but for her, she's in panic mode. She can't feed my mum. My mum's five stone six pounds and is basically being kept alive by the collagen, which is a thick, gloopy stuff, some of you know it. But the nursing staff might not be able to feed her. So my sister sent me this Facebook message with just different stories, different pictures of events that we've had with my mum over the last three or four years, because it's on our mind. She sent me that at seven o'clock this morning. So I just sent this message back to her. I said, Pam, though you can't be there, God is with her. And I believe that. Did you hear me? I do not believe she's alone. This is very real. I know with coronavirus, we could lose loved ones. I could lose my mum through this. If it's not through the coronavirus, which would kill her, it's that, that she'll not get the care that she's been used to having. And when you're five stone, six pounds, you haven't got much left to fight anything. So it's very real. It's not theory for us, is it? We're, we, we, please, let's honor our government as best as they can. They'll make mistakes, as we all will, through this. But Boris Johnson was right. Some of us are going to lose loved ones through this. We're going to mourn. But we will not mourn like those who have no hope. Because this life and all that we see is not all there is. Hello? Do you believe that? Online? Do you believe that? Let me read another scripture. God has not given us a spirit of fear, 
but of love, sour power, and a sound mind. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Another promise is this. He'll be an ever-present help in time of need. He is ever-present. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was uh, a man who was in a senior position in government, but he was in captivity. His people were not going through a good time. And he'd heard the reports that the walls of Jerusalem had broken down. They hadn't been rebuilt. And so he devised a way to get some of the people of Israel back to start rebuilding the walls. But there was a lot of opposition against them. The enemy was taunting them every single day. And the strength of the laborers was really given up. Day in, day out. Who did they think they were? Any better than past generations to build walls? And this is what it says, and this is what I want to remind us. It says he does. This is Nehemiah 4 verse 9. I'm going to read it from my notes here, but I think on the screen it comes up from the message version. It says, We prayed to our God and posted to God day and night to meet this threat. Did you, did you see that? At the end part here it says... Um, Excuse the back of my head, especially online. I did put some makeup on this morning to try and get rid of the glow, but it obviously... Uh, it, it says, we, we counted with prayer to our God and set a round-the-clock guard against them. So you hear what they did? They prayed to the God of heaven, but they were very practical and they set a guard. That goes back to the beginning of what I'm saying. We've got to pray and practice the presence of God but we're going we're gonna to set a guard as well. We're going to clean the building more. We're going to wash our hands more. That's doing, we're going to self-isolate when we need to. We'll do all of that that's sensible. But prayer should be our first call at the same time as posting a guard. So use your gel. Please don't, we would encourage you not to panic by. Use your gel to clean your hands. But pray. And invoke the presence of God in all things. I want to take a moment now, before I come to my last point, to pray. We did already with Kingdom Come, but I want to pray specifically for those in our congregation or those in our community or those across the UK who are on the front line of treatment. Some are in this room today. The healthcare professionals, I want to pray for them. We're not going to lay hands on you. We're not allowed to do that. We're going to pray for a vaccine to be found quickly. I'm still praying because I believe God's in control for somehow a supernatural stopping to the spread of this. Can't happen in the natural. But we don't serve a God of the natural. We get serve a God of the super. And I'm going to pray for those that have lost people or losing people and those that are sick already for full recovery. Can you say an Amen then let's close our eyes, bow our heads, lift up hands, and I'm just going to pray on our behalf. If you're online, again, lift up your hands where you are and say your amen with this prayer. Father, we do thank you for the medical profession. We thank you for those, Lord, that are serving on the front line, as it were, helping people. Protect them, keep them, give them wisdom. We pray for those in research, Lord, that they will find breakthrough 
as quickly as possible to find a vaccine in Jesus' name. We pray, Lord, for somehow this virus to supernaturally stop. Lord, you can do that. You're the God who caused the Red Sea to open. You're the God who caused Jesus to resurrect from the dead. You're the same God. So that we pray for a supernatural stop. And Lord, we pray for those that have lost loved ones already or will do in the next weeks and months. We pray that they will find grace and peace in you. We pray that those that have it will find full recovery. In Jesus' name. Amen. So here's my appeal to you. Pray and practice the presence. But the third thing I want to say is this. Think about people. Think about people. This is not a time for us to be selfish. This is an opportunity for us to engage in acts of kindness on a whole nother level. This is the time for us as the church to be salt and light in our community. It's an opportunity. There's a book that was written a number of years ago by a guy called Rodney Stark, uh, which was, I think, entitled the, I've got the title of it now, but it's about the advance of Christianity across the globe. And he writes in there that in 3rd century AD, an epidemic swept across northern Africa, Italy, and the Western Empire. And it's reckoned that in Rome, as many as, as 5,000 people a day were dying. But what he writes about in his book, is The Rise of Christianity, is that that season marked a growth of the church in the early centuries because the church cared for the sick and had compassion on the dying and was there involved, even loving them, the people unto death i.e. they caught the disease themselves. Now, hear me, I'm not saying we shouldn't self-isolate or, or, or that we should go into homes where people are dying, that kind of thing. Don't do that. But you have seen that on your chairs, we've put these out today. Love your neighbor. Take those with you. Put your name and contact. And someone in your community that you know might be vulnerable, might have an underlying health condition, might not be able to get out. You don't have to go. You can have them ring you or they can give them your email address. We want to encourage you. This is a time for us to step in, not step out. We can just give our names, our contact details. It might be going shopping. It might be a conversation. I've already had people contact me who have to self-isolate, but for them being alone, for seven days, 14 days, whatever it might be, is a horrific thought. Katie mentioned earlier about going around to one, one of our C3 impact pastor going to see someone just around the corner, hundreds of meters, yards away from us here, that had absolutely no food in their cupboard. They opened the cupboard and it was totally, not just partially, totally bare. They might live near you. We have people in our own congregation that might need you to go and get the groceries for them or call them. You can leave it outside. You do not have to go in the house. Oh, I just want to implore you, this isn't a time for us to pull back. It's a time to push in. I think it's possible 
that the love of Jesus could go viral in our world. I think it's possible that what might be meant for harm can somehow be turned to good. Some believe, I've, I've watched the YouTube clips as well as you have, some believe that this is a prerequisite to revival. I don't know, guys. I don't know. I've heard the prophetic words from some people. I don't know. I hope so. But I do believe with positive action we can do something. Next week we have Jeff Lucas with us. He'll be talking about friendship. But, but Jeff put something on Facebook. Whether any of you saw this. And I just want to read to you. This was Jeff's response. He wrote this. He says, What I'm about to say could be misunderstood. So please don't react. All of my Christian life I've heard the phrase living in the light of eternity. And I've really had, I really have had little idea what that means. But perhaps this is a moment for us to gain perspective. In human terms, the very most that can happen to us in this season is that we die. Although it seems that for this vast majority of us, this will not be the case. The early church lived under the heel of constant persecution and threat, as many of our brothers and sisters in the persecuted church around the world do now. So they had to do life with faith that equipped them to live joyfully in the sunshine of God's love as they navigated those shadowy days. If what is predicted, he writes, comes to pass, panic and fear will increase. In a world where news travels instantly, and we are very drawn by what happens to celebrities. Some high-profile people are going to get sick. Some will die and the panic will heighten. This is not a time to just keep calm and carry on business as usual. This is a time for us to look up and embrace our hope in Christ. It is a time for us to live what we believe, that nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. It is time to look out for opportunity to share our faith kindly and sensitively, to give a reason for the hope that we have. And it is a time to look around and see those on the margins, the sick, the forgotten, the frightened, and the hands of feet, and be the hands of feet of Christ to them. He ends, on Christ the solid rock we stand. I don't think we should just give these out and not tell them about Jesus. I think we should be bold and say we're doing this because I'm a Christian. I love Jesus and I care for you because you're a human being made in the image of light. You really matter. Because some of those people, if they're vulnerable and elderly, may not survive through this. But we believe they can know a Jesus that secures their eternity. Are you with me? I've tried to say to you, this is really serious, but we have hope. Fear not, for he is with us. Fear not. Come on, let's stand together. Or if you're watching online, maybe stand where you are and let's worship God with another song before we finish. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you. Thank you.